The following production is brought to you by the Talkin' Buds Leave Show. did it for the first time in the history of this podcast and i'm sure many other podcasts and shows we are gonna be doing round two post-game episodes more subscribers yes more views oh my god more hockey i can't believe they did it i was overcome i was your classic like cheese ball leaf fan last night i was overcome with emotion i was just like my eyes were all welled up when the, the the way that goal sort of trickled across the goal line, it when you're watching it live, it felt like it happened in slow motion. It was just like, oh my god, they scored! Oh my god, what what a feeling! I'm so happy for these guys. You can say what you want about the series and how, who dominated play. Lord knows the Lightning players had a ton to say about that after it ended, but. They did it. The monkey is off the back. They've broken through the glass ceiling. And you know what? You can you can say that this is a loser's mentality, but I don't care. Everything beyond this is gravy. It's gravy. Like, this is a successful season. They've, they've won it. Like, obviously, we want them to go on a run here. But everything is gravy after this. Yeah, I think, um, I, I mean, I wasn't, I was more in shock. I was, I, I wouldn't say I was... Some people text me, like, I'm crying. It's like, yeah, it's a little much. But Dubas's reaction got to me a little bit. Like, watching him just selly so hard. Like, that that must have felt... I don't think there's a person in the world who felt more relief and a weight off their back than him. Like, just watching him selly, that that got to me a little bit. I was really, really happy for him. There, there were some great selly videos like Sheldon Keefe doing his like I, jump I, I punch on the bench tears ACL yeah. doing that um Austin Matthews parents selling is a great one too like oh my god man I listen I want to I want to start here we can I thought Austin Matthews was fantastic I thought John Tavares getting the OT winner is is like poetic it's perfect you couldn't ask for a more perfect guy but Ilya Samsonov did what Jack Campbell and Freddie Anderson were not able to do. He he stole them that game. I I don't care what anybody says. He outplayed um, Vasilevsky all series long. And then he went in there in game six and said, I'm not losing this one. And he didn't. He was spectacular from the drop of the first puck to the end of the game. Yeah, he... If he finally got you finally got the goalie performance you were looking for. And I felt so bad for him when that one went in. But like, I mean, what, what the hell is he supposed to do on that? But like, that's that just really showed you that you, you just needed a goaltender to like, I always thought the notion of completely stealing a game was just a little far fetched, but you needed a performance that was borderline legendary to to close out a game like that because you're going to withstand the best the, the Tampa's best punch and you just needed a guy to have the confidence to stand in there and makes make all the saves difficult easy all of them I thought 
he was just you can't say enough about his performance. He was he was he was by far their best player on the ice and he was he was fantastic. Austin Matthews answers the bell. This him, Mitch Marner, Nylander, Tavares, everyone's been all over them. You gotta step up. You need your big boys to step up. You need your big boys to step up. And I thought he played like a guy that was like, you're going to have to kill me to beat me. And that's when we talk about uh, the players that he wants to be mentioned in the same sentence with, like I, like Sid Crosby comes to mind. That's how Sid Crosby plays. Like, you're going to have to kill kill me to beat me. And that's how Austin Matthews played last night. I'm, I tip my cap to him. Like, just a fantastic, fantastic effort all the way around. He was buzzing all night long. Yeah, he was their best forward, for sure. For sure. I I mean, I don't want to, I don't know if we are going to like, we're eventually going to get into more of the details of the game, but overall he is him as he was their top forward. Yeah. Without question. And let's just touch on a quick John Tavares gets the OT winner. Couldn't be happier for the guy. Couldn't yeah. be happier to stick it to all the New York Islander fans who lost an OT Carolina the, the previous night. So, so happy for him. Yeah. Yeah. So I think throughout this series, like you could look at it and go, you know, they, they did really get outplayed for the vast majority of these six games. I want to look at it like this. I thought Sheldon Keefe going with 11 and 7. It's so funny because how much, like, down the stretch here, that was the main topic of conversation. 11 and 7, 11 and 7, 11 and 7. What do we think about it? What do we think about it? And then going with it in game six, I thought that was their best like adding the two more mobile defensemen. And then I'm always in favor. The thing I like about 11 and seven is it your best players are on the ice more. So best forwards are on the ice more. So I thought that was, that was their best lineup they'd iced. And I hope that as we head into round two here, I thought a lot of the, the play, the way the Leafs played, I thought, was really sort of dominated by nerves. Like, a lot of nervous energy throughout this series. A lot of, like, oh, my God, we can't do this again. We can't blow this again. And I thought they played like that at times. They played timid, and they let Tampa take it to them. I'm hoping now that they've been able to break through, and as I said earlier, it's all gravy, we can sort of shed some of that, and we're not, like, you got to play with a chip on your shoulder here, boys. I think the main First of all, I want to just say the Tampa Bay Lightning are just, is there a harder working hockey team? Like, is there a, is there a, I, I got, even though the Leafs walk away with the dub, I was so sick of watching them just lose puck battle after puck battle and getting beat to pucks nonstop. So the Tampa Bay Lightning, hats off to them. They work their ass off. But you know what I thought the biggest difference in this series was? Tampa's top guys sucked. Like Kucherov, nowhere, giving the puck away. Braden Point, nowhere, not very effective. Steven Stamkos, even though he got the goal to tie the game, not very good either. Their power play wasn't very good. I banged thought up, their top guys. Up. Hedman is not 100%. No Chernak. He, he was fantastic, though. But I, I, their, their top three forwards were nowhere to be found. They did nothing. And that was kind of like they worked their ass off. They carried the play, but their top guys did not score them any goals and not do them any favors. And that's that to me, that's the biggest difference in the series. You got to wonder if like, I know the, the fan, the lightning fans would dispute this. And I know the players themselves would dispute this, but you got to wonder with, with a guy like Kucherov, like he was awful. I know. He was terrible I know. in game six. I he know. gave the puck away 
seven or eight times. You gotta, he was awful. You got to wonder if a little bit. Like, you and I talked about it. Like, you're telling me not one of those guys in that room is not breathing a sigh of relief this morning yeah. to just get with their family and get to Cancun. Like, 100%. ASAP. Like, yeah. 100%. Yeah, there. But I mean, like the the Sorelli line is ridiculous. Like, what a what a line! Like that 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 line is unbelievable. But I mean, just look back at all the games. Like, the the, the Nikita Kucherov gave them nothing. He was awful, terrible. What Matthew Nice on the ice for all three overtime goals? He is turning into the type of guy where he's he's not flashy, but when he he has elite puck control. Down below the goal line in the offensive zone, and he's a, he's a lot. It's funny how him and Matthews both both Arizona guys. Both of them are so good at lifting sticks and taking pucks away from other people. And by the way, I, I on the broadcast they were kind of peddling that that goal was like his fault. I thought that was the most ridiculous take. What, I've what ever goal? Heard. The, the Stamkos, the, the Stamkos goal? one. It's like, oh, see, I thought I he saw gets, people going after Nylander. For he that. gets no, like the on the broadcast. Kelly Rudy straight up came out and said that was Matthew Nye's mistake. It's like, how? How is he supposed to handle a puck that's in his feet? He gets the puck thrown in his feet and it gets taken from him. What was he supposed to do there? I thought that was a ridiculous narrative. But he, yeah, being on the ice for all three OT winners in Tampa and just, just, a, just, he's just a good hockey player. You can see it. He's just naturally better than your average bottom six guy. Yep. And it's come through pretty clear in, in this series. So, yeah. It's so funny how we, like, literally since New Year's, we sat here and talked with, like, we, there's an episode we have with Dave Bastel that we did in, like, early February, where we're talking about, like, do you think Matthew Nyes will be in the playoff lineup? And everyone was like, I don't know, he's a kid. And he comes in, and you're right, that, he he's he's more talented than your average bottom six guy. So, yeah, he's a rookie, but that, being put in that sort of sheltered situation, although he did start game six on the top line, being put in that short sort of sheltered situation has really helped him to like excel in this current role. I also want to give a couple other guys credit for their game six performance. I thought Jake McCabe was phenomenal. The, the, the hit he laid on Perry, he laid another hit at on point later in the period. I thought he was fantastic. Led them in ice time. I thought that was his best game. I thought Nola Chari was fantastic. He wasn't contributing much offensively, but that guy, what could he say about his forechecking and being that guy's hard on pucks? I even thought Alex Kerfoot had a pretty good game when it when it came to getting the puck out of his own end and and creating a forecheck into the into into the Tampa zone. I thought Morgan Riley again. I thought Morgan Riley was their best player in the series. Morgan Riley is a is is one of the bigger storylines coming out. I would say coming out of this series, I would say Elias Samsonov and Morgan Riley because, like I said last time. We and a lot of other people sat and were hard on him for the season he had. He didn't have a great year, but what what did we say? What did I say all year? If you, it doesn't matter if you have a mediocre season as long as you step up. When nobody is going to remember that Morgan Riley had an average year, everyone is going to remember that he got big goals in the playoffs yeah. and was an elite offensive contributor. He got even in Game Six. He's the only guy I felt confident in actually getting the puck and getting out of their zone. He he was. I thought he was their best player in the series. I thought Luke Shen. What can you say about I saw, Luke Shen? I saw someone on Twitter say Luke Shen came in and basically was a meaner Jake Muzzin, and I was like. Yeah, that's that that checks out. Uh, if you if you think about I mean, first of all, the play was great. Like just 
I, I didn't think he had that in him anymore. And it, it's kind of funny how everything comes full circle, how their fifth fifth overall pick in 2008 helps them win their first round series. It, it's it's incredible. But in terms of just, like, they did not, not once in this series did you feel like they were getting pushed around. And he is the w- main reason for that. And you can't you can't say enough. Every series we walk away being like, they got pushed around. They they. They looked like they looked scared, and yeah, they looked scared of the moment. But in terms of physical, yes, yes. like no, they weren't. Physical, they weren't bullied no. like they've been in the past. No, and he was the number one reason for that. And wow, what what a series for him, man! Yeah, Luke, unbelievable. Yeah, it's. Uh, I love the story of of Luke Shen returning. What did you think of the decision to go eleven and seven? I was surprised. I don't see it happening. I don't think they're going to go with this very often because I thought Eric Gustafson was an absolute non-factor. I thought Timothy Lilligren did what he what you wanted him to do. He skated the pocket of his own end, but also makes the odd play where you're like, Ugh. but yeah, so, their lineup isn't that fast. So it, injecting Lilligren in, it really showed you that it's just like at least the guy has some speed. Like there was like two or three times where he got the puck and he skated it out of his own end. They don't have a lot of guys who are capable of doing that. See, like, I'm all for going 11 and 7 the rest gonna, of the way if you can. wear down your forwards doing that. You, you cannot, you, like, maybe you can start game one with that, but you cannot keep going with that. Your forwards are going to get destroyed. Yeah, uh, Yeah. okay, maybe that's that's a good point, but that's the exact reason why I I thought it was I a, like going with I, I 11 and 7. I thought it was a seven. good tryout to see, like, okay, we got two defensemen, two depth defensemen who are who are sitting doing nothing right now. Let's kind of put them both in and see which one we like better. Because I don't, I how how can you put number three back in the lineup after last night? I, I I don't know how you do it. I don't. Well, Sheldon will find a way, I'm sure. Yeah. So I I mean I mean yeah, you could go with eleven and seven, but I I I think go like if you're playing the Bruins and you're you're throwing eleven forwards for a six seven game series, those guys are gonna get worn down quickly. So I I don't think it's a permanent fix, but it's definitely something you can go to. All right, you mentioned it. So tonight, game seven. Florida Panthers and the Boston Bruins. I think a lot of people are like, please, Florida, win this game because the the Leafs match up better with the way Florida plays. I don't necessarily buy into that. No. I think Florida has proven in this series with Boston that, like, they they can hang. And you got a guy like Matthew Kachuk out there. Like, I'm sorry. And, like, the way Radko Gudis plays. Like, they're, they're a difficult team to play against. Yeah, they got a good decor, man. They got Ekblad, they got Montour, and like Gudis is just a little shit out there. Like yep. it's, I mean, they're they're a tough physical team. I mean, I get why. I think, like for Juju reasons, for for the for the curse reasons, like obviously people want to see Florida because it's it's fresh. Well, I don't. A lot of people don't want to. Yeah, see, but don't you, you know, think like, that if you're really gonna exercise the demon, you got to go into TD Garden and win? Like, don't you think like? Not that I'm, I, and like, I don't want it to be mistaken that like, uh, that's what I'm pulling for. I have said all year on this podcast that that building is in my head. So I can't even imagine what it's like for the, for the players, but I don't know, man. Here's what I know about those two teams. Other than the, the, the play in against Columbus, just throw that away. Whatever team they play Florida or Boston, they are going to be playing the least talented goaltender in a playoff series this group has ever played. I'll tell you that right now. Whether it's Allmark, who's who sucks. I don't care if he's winning a Vesna. 
I, I, who who are they even playing tonight? Are they going back to Allmark? Like, who knows? And then, uh, there, there's a lot of people in in Bruins Nation that wanted them to go to Swayman, and then Bobrovsky. Like, obviously, he's won a Vesna in the past, but all, he's also well, been an absolute gonna disaster. Allmark's going to win the Vesna this year, but to your point, he hasn't been very good in this first no, round series against no. the, the Panthers. I mean, it all gets thrown away. He's not Tuca. You like Tuca could be sick and miss the whole regular season and then come in the playoffs and always be Tuca. So, I mean, I'm not scared of, of either team's goaltenders. Um, I I don't know. I don't really care. I, don't, I think you, I just don't want to play that game right now where it's like, I'd rather have this team. Let's just enjoy the game. Watch it. Whatever happens, happens. If they play the Bruins, it's like, okay, here we go. Let's, let's play another dragon. If they play, I think it's better. I, I almost think it's better for their psyche if they play the Bruins because they're you know they're like, still the I a thousand percent agree with you. I, I think they. I think if Florida yeah. wins, it's going to be too much. Like it's well, almost they like beat Florida. Yeah, they yeah. should beat Florida. You yeah. know, like it, and and no, then I, the expectation. A thousand percent agree with you, man. I yeah. think if they if they play the Bruins, they're the underdog, and they start on they run they won. That's another thing we haven't even mentioned. Three taking all three in Tampa is amazing. Yeah. If they play the Bruins, they start on the road in Boston, and I a thousand percent agree with you. I think they can do so much more with. And I'm I'm seeing a lot of Bruins fans this morning that are like, "We want no part of the Leafs." Like, like the Leafs terrify us. I, I just think going into TD Garden and and being the underdog, and no one believes in us, and this is a historic regular season team, and this is like, yeah, they've had the little rivalry with Tampa here in the last few years, and and it's been great, but like. The Bruins are Everest for the yeah. Toronto Maple yeah. Leafs. Like, yeah. like when you look beyond, it's like it's like you're in a video game, and you beat like the second to last boss, and then you go to the big boss. The Boston Bruins are the big boss for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So I just think Sheldon Keefe could do so much more motivationally with we. Let's take it to the and they can that can galvanize them. Whereas, like you're right, I don't love the narrative of. Well, it's a cakewalk now because yeah. we're playing the Florida and Panthers, Florida, a, a Florida team that barely snuck into the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, you know? yeah, like that. That gives me like Columbus in the bubble, yeah. Montreal Canadian in the bubble vibe. But I, but I'll 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 cut anyone a break though who who says they want to play Florida because if you just look at the two rosters, like the Bruins are clearly the better team. Yes. So like you obviously want to play the team technically that's worse on paper, but we know the playoffs has nothing to do with paper. No, it it means absolutely nothing, but I mean, it's going to be from a game. I probably wasn't really going to watch. It's now a must watch. So it is absolutely a must watch. I want to talk about quickly. I know this is the talking buds leaf show, but I I wanted to touch on the Edmonton Oilers dispatching the Los Angeles Kings in six games. The cakewalk. I, I, like, I just, I, are I, the Oilers the favorite in in the West? Because when I look at the West, I think the I uh, maybe I think the maybe, Dallas Stars are the best team. I mean, Vegas, Vegas is a good team yeah, too, man. Like they like Vegas, they're they're no joke. And I think I think the Dallas Stars, like the way Tyler Sagan just all of a sudden scoring goals, and Jamie Ben is like your third line center who's kind of sucked the past couple of years, but all of a sudden looks scary again. They have a good goalie, Jake Ottinger is a great goalie. Like I. I I, I think the Dallas Stars are like a pretty legit little team. And they too. play they play big, mean Western Conference hockey. Yeah, yeah. They got skilled guys. They got the Jason Robertsons. They got hints. They got 
Aiskin in, but they also like Tyler Sagan's like their third line center, like or their third line player, like yeah. you know, I, Joe Pavelski. Like, I think they're they're also a dangerous team. And if the Seattle Kraken can pull off the upset and take the Avalanche out of the equation, I think the Edmonton Oilers are very interesting team where it's like you cannot take a penalty against them like you can't you can't do it or else you're done like they they are an automatic power play machine like it is ridiculous like i I just think i mean last year they beat the kings in seven games but like you look at the kings roster it's like yeah. Ugh, come on. Like, well, the Kings, Sean Dursey. Well, the, like, Kings, you know, are, the like, Kings are the Kings are uh, a, a couple of years away. A like, great regular season. Yeah. I mean, they finished they, in a great spot. Like they're a good I think team. The but Kings, like, they still have like Doughty and Kopitar kicking around, but the the Kings are sort of transitioning to this like new younger core. And I think like a couple of years down the road, they'll be they're kind of in the same spot as as the New Jersey Devils. Edmonton, you gotta you gotta have to beat the Edmonton Oilers, you have to have firepower. You have to match their firepower. And I'm sorry, I, I'm not scared with Stuart Skinner in the net. Like, come on. Like like I know they look good, but it, I I just I can't stand I just don't want to, I don't want them to go any further. I mean, they went to the West final last year. Yeah. And so I mean they they have won rounds before, they have gone deep, but yeah, they're they're power plays. Oh, wow. It's deadly. Disgusting. Well, we are going to be back after game one of the second round. We, it remains to be seen if that will be a, at Boston or in Toronto at home against the Florida Panthers. We'll be tuned in tonight. And if you, do, like, hop on with us, folks. We just, we're, we're taking this baby as far as it goes. So if you haven't already, hit the like and subscribe button below. If you're listening to the audio version, leave a little comment, leave a little review. Every little bit helps. Spread the word. Tell your friends. We really appreciate it. We will see you in the second round. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. This is Charles Adler. After a few years of working on radio and television, The Charles Adler Show has evolved to a natural place in 2023. YouTube, podcast, and open RSS. You'll hear the show as it always has been delivered, concise, with context, clarity, and empathy. And as a bonus, the guests will be natural-born storytellers who won't fear telling stories that are personal and emotional. They won't fear uncomfortable questions. Most important, they won't fear me. Follow me on Twitter at Charles Antler and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts.